Bonjour, you're watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. My name is TK Trinidad, aka the Canadian Assassin, and I am not alone. She is one of the top cat moms in the universe, and she's also a wrestler. Please welcome Sarah the Rebel. What up? Hey, hey. And she is also the top wrestling mom in the planet. Like, equivalent to universe? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent to that is. <laughs> and she is the farmer's daughter, hailing from the valley. Please welcome Emily May. Hey, everyone. Wow, that was an intro, TK. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to figure something out to include cats so you guys just don't talk about cats for the rest of the show. I'm going to talk about cats because she has a cat. Oh. I do have a cat. Oh, yeah, goodness. see? So, and my, my cats are sleeping right now, so I, I don't know. Maybe they'll pop on. Oh, geez. Anyways, it's not about us. It's about our amazing guest. She is the mother of the House of Hood Slam, which I really love the name, by the way. Please welcome Dark Sheik. Thank you so much. It's. I think it's going to be great to be here. We'll see. I'm Dark expecting Sheik. it to be. <laughs> you're, you're safe. You're safe. It's a safe environment. Um, you have an amazing um, story. I read like there's a whole bunch of articles on you, which I'm sure you know because they interviewed you. Um, you have like a, just an amazing story on how Hood Slam came about. And I've heard the name, but I didn't know the, the full story and how it kind of like everything that involved. So could you, for people who are like me, who are like, I have no idea, but this is like an amazing concept. Please kind of talk us through. Sure. At first it was like a underground concert with the wrestling ring with, you know, a lot of silly cosplay and weed and alcohol. And it was really just a party for the wrestlers um, that I was doing out of this warehouse that my friend's band played in in Oakland. We did our first shows like for free for a year. And after that, we moved on to more venues to being at the Oakland Metro every week. And it evolved into an accidental phenomenon, um, accidentally super progressive. It wasn't really our goal, but it turns out we're like just nice compared to everyone else. But also just like very silly gimmicks, storylines. It's very like comic book, but also tongue in cheek. Like one of our mottos is this is real. Because as everyone knows with wrestling, it's very real. Um, we also say don't bring your fucking kids because the show is 21 and up. It's always at a bar. I try to only wrestle places that serve alcohol. You know, it was going great. You know, I was having a blast for a long time. We were just about to do our 10-year anniversary, um, which would have included Hood Slam, Glam, which is our sister promotion that spotlights femme personalities, um, and Sexy Good Time Wrestle Show, another offspring of Hood Slam. It's really exciting. And we also have a great partnership with Stoner U Dojo that's produced all this talent that's gone to NXT or other places. And I don't know, it's been an amazing ride. I'm not sure what story you heard or what people want to hear, but like, that's where my head's at right now after eight months of not doing it. I know. How's COVID been like treating, uh, treating you? It's cool. Cause I get to stay at home and play with my cat, but it's also like a big hassle because I love to wrestle and promoting is how I make a living. It's how I pay my rent. Um, and I'm used to traveling, like taking like, you know, four or five flights a weekend, going back and forth. And now I'm just at home all weekend and my girlfriend gets mad at me. So it's, it's nice. Sarah got so excited about the cats. I, I know, Sarah got so excited. <laughs> uh, because she like had a neighborhood cat that hung around. So yeah. I already like was excited about she getting a cat. And then yeah. she got her own real cat that belongs to her and is not a neighborhood cat. Um, but it is funny, your relationship started just a little bit before quarantine, right? Yeah. So that's... That, how's that <laughs> been as far as like, I don't know, I, I found it for myself getting to know somebody when you are 
kind of just relegated to them it is interesting have you had any any fun discoveries it's been great i'm not going to say all the discoveries here but <laughs> yeah, i you know i love it it's i've lived on my own for like 6 or so years before um now i'm staying with them and it's just it's juxtaposed with being in this pandemic and this quarantine but it's also just like heavenly because I was there alone and I didn't mind that, but now there's a cat, there's another person, they both like me, like, you know, it's wonderful. Living the dream. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people have picked up new hobbies or picked up mm-hmm. new, or started like cooking again, or like started to bake for the first time. Is there anything new that you started to do and focus on as like this whole, the world kind of shut down? Recently, I started getting more into tarot, which is something I've always been interested in, but um it was a little bit daunting. There's 78 cards and they're upside down and it means something else. That's so many things to remember, but I'm taking it step by step and just kind of like taking it slowly. And I'm really enjoying what I'm getting back. And I feel like it really works is the crazy thing. I've only done like a couple, um, we'll say readings about my life, but then it was like, Oh shit, that was spot on. So yeah, I recommend it. And I'm, it really started because I have them right next to me because I was going to do tarot. Someone gave me a deck because they drew me as one of the cards. Every card in this is Rustler's. I don't know where you can buy it, so don't worry about that. But it's really lovely, and it's a great drawing of me. That's so funny. I started learning tarot in quarantine, too. And I agree with you. The fact that there's 78 cards, they have an esoteric and a different kind of meaning and a different meaning. They're upside down. You're right. It is a lot of study that goes into it. It's tricky. It's not just upside down or reversed and, like, you know, whatever. It's also, like for spirituality, but then also for love. And it's like, this means like loyalty and trust and togetherness, but also betrayal sometimes. Right. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's wonderful. Now with the, um, I, I feel with, with COVID and, and quarantine, it kind of brought um, an awareness to people who are not in the majority. And, you know, when you look at wrestling, it was kind of really kind of relegated to like, you know, men and white men in particular. Do you think that there has been now uh, more of an acceptance of everybody else? And are, are people, you know, once this is kind of all over, are people have people been like reaching out to you and just saying, hey, I really love the concept and I want you to bring it to this part of, you know, the U.S.? No, no, people have not. There's been a few articles about me and I did this show um, called The Collective where everyone said I was amazing. But no, nobody's calling me to do more interviews, but... As far as like actually wrestling on a show, I think people still need some time. I will say there's definitely like a a shift. Shift might be a little bit too generous. There's been a change though. And people are like, mm-hmm. it's not that wrestling is starting to be wiser. It's that the fans are just starting to be louder and demanding what they want to see. And most of the time that's representation um, and storylines that don't feel like they're written by some white man who has no perspective of the people they're writing about. So you're seeing a lot more of that demand. And it's always been, you know, to plug Hood Slam again, we've always said that what separates us is a lot of things, but also that as a rule, we don't insult the audience's intelligence. Mm -hmm. We know that they're smart enough to follow a complex storyline or they're like into something that might be like Twin Peaksy or confusing. Like they're open to all these different things. And along with that, they're open to like, you know, maybe a Persian trans woman or having more than like one black wrestler on the show. Like, and not, if there's two, not making them tag team. Like, I don't know if this is like, just bugs me because I'm only speaking from my perspective, but I think it's getting better, but there's still a lot of work to be done. 
Yeah, definitely like just a lot of understanding and, and education. I also feel for, you know, some of the folks who are, you know, in the middle of, they, they just see themselves all the time. It's hard to understand something else that they never see and all they see on TV is a stereotype. So, yeah. you know, it's just kind of, um, you know, yes, as, as a minority, I want to see, you know, somebody that looks like me, but then also understanding that, you know, there are people who look like me that they just see people that look like them all the time too. And they don't understand the other side. So um, it's just, I do see, I, yeah, I wouldn't call it a shift. I would call it more like a, you know, like maybe like a pinky nail toenail in the water, like not even. <laughs> yeah. We haven't jumped all the way in yet, but we're definitely like testing the water. We have a good feel for whatever. I don't know how to keep going with this metaphor. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but I liked it. <laughs> we're wet, not all the way in, but we're a little wet. <laughs> Can you explain to me as far as trans? Is it something that's within you? Is it a choice, or like just explain to the people who like I'm accepting of it, but I don't really know. So, could you kind of explain to everybody in the world who doesn't know that like what's going on, and you know what was your journey like? I can try. <laughs> I can say that just everyone has their own journey and if and we should treat each other how we want to be treated. And if someone's journey involves being their true gender in spite of societal norms, maybe being in conflict with that, I think we should support them. They're already having a tough time. I can say like being trans, I can like, you know, put on a hoodie and a hat and not wear makeup and maybe just be like cis white passing, honestly. So when you say it's a choice, like maybe a little bit, a little bit more than being a minority that is easily identifiable at all times, um, like any black person, some Middle Eastern people, a lot of different types. Um, it's not a choice as far as my happiness, though. And like my, how do I say it? The value of my life. Like, yeah, I guess I could just not transition and like do what would make someone else happy, but it would be miserable for me. And I might not make it that long, honestly. And I assume the choices I make along the way will be wrong because they won't be based on what's really happening. They'll be based on I think other people want me to do. And that's just a recipe for failure. I mean, if you want to know like about gender stuff, that's a whole thing too. But for me, it's just baseline. Like I'm trying to be happy and I want everyone else to be happy too. If we're all happy, we're all doing better. And like I do better work when I'm happy. I can contribute more back to the world. So that's it for me. People need a bigger reason than that. Like, I'm sure there's all kinds of details and maybe one of them will like really touch their heart, but like, that should be enough. No, that was perfect. Yeah. There's no, there's mic drop. Any other <laughs> questions? <laughs> what advice would like, like someone trying to go through a journey similar to yours, what would you recommend like advice going through that process? Reading about, you know, philosophy in general or like human personalities and like how our brains think so you can really like understand if you're having like inklings and you're not sure you know you should learn about how our brains work and what they're trying to tell us it was different for me because I lived on my own and I worked for myself so that put me in a position where I could just be like hey I'm trans and I, I'm gonna dress as a woman when I go to work and I, I'm not gonna be kicked out of my home by any family members I already like having a strange relationship with my family outside of my gender. So it was really not much of me to lose. But to be honest, I actually gained a lot more. So I think be honest with yourself. Um, don't put expectations on yourself. Everyone's journey takes different times. And when you go on YouTube and you're looking at all these like glamorous trans people who are gorgeous and 
they're just camera ready and you're like i you know i need laser on my face like don't beat yourself up just do the steps put in your time it's not a like a light switch that you flip and you're like i feel like a woman now or you feel like whatever gender you you feel like you want to be um i'm speaking about myself personally it's a bunch of little things you do over and over and over that eventually become the totality of everything you're doing. I'd recommend people to be safe though. And just, if you can find someone to talk to, because it just helps so much to have a friend that you can like, I mean, it's a pandemic, so you can't hug them right now, but you know, that you can rely on and get comfort from and maybe don't assume how people will react because I was very pleasantly surprised by so many people that were accepting of me without an explanation. They just like, well, you're my friend. So that's, Nothing's changed. So now let's get a little bit back to wrestling. So you've uh, been wrestling since uh, you were in high school. As yeah. far as like the changes, um, like I've seen changes in wrestling over the last, you know, three or four years. Um, what changes have you seen um, that you like and dislike as far as wrestling? I feel like, and I'm not really faulting this, but what's happened on television is that things have become so produced, maybe overproduced that the spirit of wrestling is kind of lost. There's a, it's really shiny. It's really polished. I'm not saying it's bad, but that um, moments of like spontaneity and creativity that come from the performer, I think are really muffled mm-hmm. and they're not able to excel and find themselves. Maybe they're not already today, but like Steve Austin wasn't Steve Austin the first day he wrestled. He had eight years of, doing different styles of promos and different characters and trying stuff until we found something that was undeniable. And I think when they do come across something undeniable, and I'll just say outright, I don't like this, that their instinct is to try and control it and make it theirs. And if they can't, they want to eliminate it because they don't like things that are out of their hands, Mm. which is silly because it's pro wrestling. It belongs Mm. to the fans. We can put on a show, but like, what people take away from it will always, from art and from all art, like what they take away is always correct. They're the ones that are consuming the art. What you mean isn't wrong too, but you can't like tell someone else that their interpretation of it is wrong once you've put it out there. That's part of maybe the scary part of like producing art. What I like about it is, you know, clearly the diversity, the breaking of stereotypes um, that people don't send me uh, Islamic death threat stuff. I mean, because I'm as, from a Muslim background. I don't get that anymore because it was a big thing that a wrestler can just go to a company and, and be themselves and not have to be like some type of caricature of a different religion or background. It's tough to talk about because it's something that I personally did for so long. People wouldn't book me unless I was this type of chic. So I had to do a lot of things that I made choices that weren't exactly like, so I would never be embarrassed and no one that was Iranian like me would ever be embarrassed to see me. But I still had to go out and pray. I didn't speak English a lot. And, you know, all these aesthetic choices that clearly were not the direction I wanted to be going in. Mm. I was afraid that if I lost them, then I would no longer have any value to these people around me. And that's a bad mindset. My value comes from the performance I bring. And honestly, my aesthetic now is like even better, if you ask me. So So, uh, is there a moment... Like I, I almost think of um, when you when you said that it was uh, the whole thing with Dave Chappelle when he had the Dave Chappelle show and he essentially just, you know, there's a moment where one sketch, he's like, this is they're not laughing with me. They're laughing at yeah. me. 
and it's my show. And he literally stopped and moved to Africa for like three years. So is there a moment where you felt like there was one, you know, promotion or one moment where you're just like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Was it, or was it like a slow prog- uh, progression? It was, it was a general easy, like just switch to like what I'm doing now. There's a lot of like stages in the middle and different characters. I wore a robot mask for a couple of years, which I didn't really plan on doing. Um, it just kept happening. For me, it wasn't one moment. It was just the more I was myself and the more I'm at my own show and I can do whatever I want, the more that's what came out and that's what people reacted to. So I would keep doing. There is what it was when I was doing Chic Kanabadi, people would always ask me to do something that was past the line I was comfortable with doing. Like, they're like we're going to bring a woman out in a burqa and you shove her down and you walk up her back to go in the ring like steps. I'm like, why? Like, we don't wear burkas in Iran. They're like, oh, but we didn't know that and we don't care. Um, they're like, get on the mic and speak Arabic. And I'm like, I don't speak Arabic. I speak Farsi. Um, all these things there. We want to put this white dude who has a beard with you. And he's like, Osama bin. Something. I'm just like, no, nah, like, I'm not doing any of this. Like, sheik on a body, I'm Iranian, and that's it. Like, well, I would say I'm not doing it. And what would inevitably happen is they would find some. European, I don't know, I want to say white dude, but like I'm also pale as fuck. But like they'd find some white dude and who has a beard and they'd be like, well, this is our chic now. And I would lose the booking and they would get it. I mean, it's happened at all pro wrestling in my backyard. I was doing a positive face, baby face chic. And they didn't, I guess, want to have that. So they brought in another chic who had a camel on his tights and he does the camel clutch and he speaks gibberish, not Arabic, because I don't think he speaks. He's of that background. I don't know. That sucks. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm trying to go with this, but you just see these things happen. That's kind of what makes you play the game for so long until you can find a space where people will value for yourself, whether it means starting it like I did or finding it like everyone who I book. Absolutely. I, I think that's such an interesting point that you bring up. You know, sometimes people in the black community will give slack to the black wrestlers at WWE saying like, oh, well, why are you contributing to this stereotype of the dancing, happy black person? You know, because so many of them do it. But as you just said, it's like, okay, I have to do it or I lose the booking. And these people don't quite understand possibly what yeah. they're asking of me or why they're making it this way. Um, and and as someone who's performed at Glam, kudos for creating such a wonderful safe space. I tell everyone who I bring there, I'm like, that was your best match you've ever had. And it's it's always true because there are so many people, um, I'll use Maserati as an example. She was our superstar the week before. Um, she recently just won the FSW Women's Championship. She won the OVW Women's Championship before that. Before that, she's very relegated to a small spot where nobody, nobody's talking about her, nobody knew who she was um, because she was feeling that pressure on all sides to be something. Mm-hmm. And at Glam, which is one of Hood Slam's um, shows, she got to just feel comfortable enough to just be herself. And from there, I've just seen her growth and growth and growth. So you really are creating a space and and it matters in wrestling where wrestlers can feel comfortable enough to try who they are out. And then just like with you, the crowd respects that um, authenticity to yourself, I feel like, and, and it only helps you and grow. So kudos to you for not being selfish with your, you know what I mean? Like actually being able to make a space where everyone gets to kind of benefit from that. I'm actually thinking about trying to help more people with a new project, but maybe that's a discussion for another time. But thank you very much. It's like the best gift. It's something I miss a lot actually in quarantine is 
um, having other people wrestle at the show. You like, get to see them feel so fulfilled. Have you thought about like, you know, cause we, we don't know when all this is, you know, there's like vaccines, we're waiting on stuff. Um, have you thought about kind of doing something virtually for like the hood slam community yeah. and kind of bringing people together? Yeah. Um, we were doing some things at first, like weekly, we were doing just studio shows that were kind of like more skits, but no one was writing it. We were just turning on the camera and talking and pretending we were like only these seven people in this commune. And we had our pod and like only one, we were just doing like a whole, I don't know, episodic thing, but I've stepped back from it now. And I think that in the near future, we'll start doing more or any matches from Stoner U Dojo because the ring is up there all the time. I still have the cameras. I still have everything that went into putting on a show. Um, I just don't want to do it in any way that would endanger someone. And hopefully I want to do it in a way that it's rewarding for the performers. Um, like financially, even before I sold tickets now, like I'd be like, Hey, are you, I'm not going to ask someone to drive six hours and not give them like their pay. Um, so it's tricky. Um, I'm sure some of them would be like willing and just dying to get out, but I'm finding the balance still there. It's a great suggestion. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We all have to like think outside the box. We all mm-hmm. are like super creative and we're, we're all trying to figure it out. So yeah, this world is definitely brought on some, some interesting things. Um, yeah. Now, as far as um, like hopes um, for 2021, just kind of piggybacking off what Emily was saying, um, like, what do you, you know, if they were all to pandemic stuff to be over with, mm-hmm. like kind of what would, what would you, what are you hoping for Hudson? Cause I know you mentioned the, the 10th anniversary did, that didn't, you know, happen because of everything. So will you just make it a 10th anniversary in 2021 or, you know, what? I think we, so, yeah, I think we would just pick up with our Entertainia 10 because how do we miss like Entertainia X? That's our, that's what we've been building to. I've literally been writing towards it for 10 years. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the momentum we picked up on isn't there anymore. So things would have to change. A lot of the attitudes have changed, you know, um, as far as wrestlers. Some of them don't wrestle anymore, sadly. So it'll be different. I hope that we can do it. I'd like to see us doing shows again. I don't know if the Metro where we had shows every Friday will be available anymore. In fact, I think it won't, sadly. Yeah, big teardrop because that was my home for like nine of the last 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's an awesome venue as someone who's been there. Like you you feel like you're in a concert and yeah. you're on the stage and it's, it's great. And good pizza. <laughs> it's amazing pizza. I love that. And they give oh, me man, free I drinks. I know. Me too. <laughs> Free drinks is always helpful as well. Yeah. (laughs) Now, is there any, um, or are there any uh, wrestlers that like you, like you see that you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to like work with this person or what they're doing. Like the, you know, their, their rise um, has been amazing. It's like any wrestler that you're like your eyes kind of keen to. Yeah. There's actually like a, I'll try and think of a few. um, And if like, it turns out they said something shitty on Twitter, I didn't catch it yet. So sorry. Um, But Priscilla Kelly, it seemed like a really like interesting and good and like fun performer. I don't know. Their character is just like, it seems to me authentically them. I, I always see it from afar. I've never met. Um, I like Ashton Starr a lot. I hope I'm saying their name right. Um, I kind of just got a chance to meet them for the first time at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And they're 
awesome to be around. And I got to see them on AEW Dark. And that was awesome. That was just like a great star-making performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sunny Kiss is amazing. I guess they already got a job, so I'm going to leave them out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this luchadora named Volcana, I think is pretty good. I want her to yeah. come back. So what do you think of, like, uh, Sunny, Sunny has been on our, sh- our show, I think, twice already. Like, what do you think of, because I feel like five years ago, him having a job would have been, like, unheard of. And the fact that like he's on AEW, and as far as I can see, and I'm not on Twitter um, as often, like there's not like backlash. There's there's an acceptance. Um, yeah. So like, what like what do you what do you think of that? That's just such a. It just seems like such an amazing thing that like you know it seems like everything's speeding up as far as you know the totality of humans. Yeah, I think they're perfect for the position they're in because not only are they like glamorous and like i've seen them walk into a locker room and they're like shiny already like they're already glittery i mean they're like they're they're just a star walking um but also when they get in the ring they're bringing it so hard like undeniably and that's really what i think it takes to change people's minds is they're gonna scoff but then when you get in the ring and you do something they've never seen before Mm -hmm. like they're impressed and they can't deny it with their own eyes. Um, so I think them having a job and it being, and, and them being able to still be themselves, you don't see um, concessions or compromises. You're seeing like full dance routines for an entrance changing. Right. Like I was blown up watching it. I can't even imagine wrestling after it's just so cool to see. It's amazing and inspiring. And like, I think also elevating the bar, mm-hmm. not for queer wrestlers, for all the wrestlers on that. And then like, as far as like your, um, what, what are the things that you're like, man, I wish, you know, this will happen one day or, you know, this you'll see, or like, what's your kind of hopes for wrestling? I'm kind of working on something. I'm not, I don't want to like jump in for a free plug, but I feel like it talks about what you're, what you're putting down. And it's that I think wrestling, what we need to see more of, and it's there, it's always on the fringes and it's always like right there, but we don't look at it. It's that wrestling brings people peace and joy and fulfillment and helped me and I'm sure so many others find themselves. Mm-hmm. And people are like wrestlers will say, oh, you know, I love wrestling and fans love wrestling, but they'll hide that around a lot of people or they'll put it away or they'll let them say like, okay, well, wrestling isn't real this or real that. It doesn't belong in sports. It doesn't deserve a sports award. It doesn't deserve an Emmy. It doesn't deserve anything somehow. So what I want to see is the love. We need to like stand up for it and actually speak on it. And when people say like, oh, wrestling, politics, you know, wrestling is like drag. And I love drag, but like, no, drag is like wrestling because wrestling is one of the oldest things on the planet. Um, So when we make these comparisons, I feel like it's not hurting anything, but I would just love to see the joy put first all the time. Um, and part of that for me is like, I found a holy moment being in the ring all the time. And every ring I go to, uh, is like somewhere safe for me. I can take a nap in any ring in the world because it's like, and I can't do that in anyone's car or anyone's house, but I could do it in any ring. Um, and I realized recently that this is like how some people feel about churches. Mm. Like that's how, and that's how I feel about it. So what I've done, I've told a few wrestlers and I haven't really mentioned it on podcast much, but I want to say it here and you can edit it out if you don't like it. 
um, I've started a religion, a church of wrestling. Um, and I've done the government paperwork to make it legit. It's like, I think it's the first one that's ever been done. And I've seen churches for Star Wars and Simpsons and so many other things. Why not one for wrestling? Why don't we put that love like really first, really like put it up front and, and look out for each other within that, you know, um, not be like, well, they're a death match wrestler. So they deserve it. Cause that's what people that don't wrestle think about every wrestler. Like they brought upon themselves and they like, no, let's have sympathy for each other. Even if we are each other's competition for contracts, you can have sympathy for your competition and you can have love for anyone that I think is um, exemplifying the authentic spirit of what wrestling can be. You know, now that you've said that, I've never thought about it before, but every time I would step into the wow ring, that is the feeling in my heart, peace. It was like, and and that sounds like at odds with what wrestling is, which is violence. But, it's, in, yeah. you know, but in the ring, I, I was like, and every, everyone feels it too, the, ah, because you're, you're there, you're home. So yeah. I, I definitely, I, I see what you're saying about, about it, it being that and, and yeah. kudos for creating, for doing something with that thought and well, thank you. making it into something that other people could perhaps focus on because some wrestlers come into wrestling because they have issues in other places and giving them a place to find some peace in a way that's not just, I don't know why, which is me, right? I don't know why I feel this way, but I yeah, love Why do you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's also something there for the fans and like for people to actually put shows on, you know, from my perspective, like I'm not a wrestler, but I also, but I help put shows on and there's like an emotional kind of, and like, like with any like theater, like a lot of, like a, you've done theater before. So you have that feeling after a show that like you've touched an audience and you've connected with someone and it's that connection that we're, that we're all feeling like we all want to make a difference in people's lives and connect with someone on a deeper level. And I feel like that's what, what, what we're all trying to do, you know, when we, when we put on a show or when we go out into the ring for the first time and we're, we're telling these stories to help, you know, have something in common with someone. Yeah. I mean, being outside the ring, I've, I've been to many shows since I started wrestling. And also before I started wrestling, I would go to indie shows and others, you know, sometimes like a WCW. Um, and when those lights go down, you know, if the gym lets you do that in there, it's special. I get like, I feel it coming up. I feel at home. I don't feel like me and all my fears and my worries and my bills. Mm-hmm. And like, no, all I feel is like the spirit of what is taking place. Well, it's a, it's a form. Yeah. It's a form of, a, of escape in a way where you get to like be in this world for two hours and you get to just experience it together with, I, I wish we had crowds now, but you know, at the time with a group of people. Yeah. I, I find it to be a holy moment personally. And like, uh, I think if I, if you told someone, well, my religion is pro wrestling, maybe you'd be embarrassed to say that. Um, I don't think people should be. So that's kind of my goal. So I have so many, so the journalist in me has so many questions that I know, I don't know if you can answer them. So like, is it going to be a a physical church or like, is there a a doctrine um, or like, is it more of a concept? 
Like what, what, what does it entail? My ideas, and they're just ideas at this point. Um, what I'd like is at this point, we could only do meetings through zoom, but I think that every wrestling school is pretty much a church already. And people are already congregating there and like, Hey, maybe, maybe once a week or after training or maybe separate from training, we actually talk about what we love about wrestling and how it's helped us. I think also as there's so many wonderful fans and supporters. And I think that sometimes they're just trying to, to give money to, to us to help. I know I've had it from a lot of fans that are buying my shirt because they know I'm not making any money right now. Um, and I think that's wonderful. And I think that it'd be cool if we could do shows for them and they could support those. And from the money we take from those and maybe from other donations, we could set up a fund to take care of wrestlers when they're injured or their gear gets stolen or their house catches fire. Or like my real wish is that doesn't happen. And we use that money to fund projects that wrestlers have like more artistic reaching to the limits of what we can be, you know, pushing the boundaries more and more. And if we can like, that's hard to do when you don't have any money and you don't have any resources. So I'd love if that was where we ended, where we could like take care of each other when we're sick and we can help each other out when we have really cool ideas. That's like my end game. And maybe at this point, there isn't like an official doctrine because I need to talk to more people. I don't want it all to come from me. I can like listen to wrestling, but it's not talking to just me. It's talking to everybody. Right. So I'd love to get more opinions so I can like nail down what, what that is. But at this point, it's really just the joy, the feeling, um, the love for wrestling, not for being a wrestler, but for wrestling. And I hope to grow it from there. I've asked a few people to film me things and I'm like going to put them out. I have a website. I probably, you know, it's churchofwrestling.com. Surprisingly, that was available. So it's in like prototype version right now, but maybe by the time, maybe all this will like make me hustle. I mean, I love, I love the concept um, because I feel like everybody, uh, for lack of a better word, but not the negative version of it, everybody has different sects or cults. Like, you know, I did CrossFit and, you know, I have a whole CrossFit you know, family, and I have a whole track and field family, and I have a whole student, like, if you're part of a certain community, yeah, you're part of a certain circle, like, even if I don't know you, because you're part of that circle, I've already accepted you, and that's the same thing I find um, with wrestling, with wrestlers, and just interviewing so many wrestlers in particular, just kind of one of those things where it's just like, I'm so happy to see amazing things happen to people that are wrestling, and I get very offended when people say wrestling is fake. Like I get an attitude and I've never been in the ring. I'll never be in the ring. And it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like, because I know so many of them and I know that they give their blood, sweat and tears for something that they believe in and it's their dream and they're making people happy and it makes them happy. That makes me happy. And then I get offended if you don't see the picture, you know what I'm saying? Or at least yeah. give it a chance. So it's just so um, the, the concept is, is a really great concept just to get, bring people together and, you know, have those conversations. Cause I'm sure there's some people who, yeah, I've, we've interviewed some wrestlers where it just feels like they're, they're on an Island. And then there's some wrestlers where it's just like this one particular wrestler knows 20 other, 20 of them. And, you know, I'm saying it's just kind of one of those, it just nice that if they can all come to like one place or at least have yeah. access to it. Yeah. I, I don't like intend for it to be like, this next big thing or the end all be all like the, this is the end of wrestling. We're all just trying to no, know this is just something that is happening now, but it's always been happening. That's 
why it blew my mind when that website was available. Like this has always been there. I just, right. I finally like knew what to call it, what to name it. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we are going to get into something called rapid hot tag. Women's wrestling rapid hot tags. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you're going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm so wordy. I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Just one word. So here we yeah. go. Uh, favorite quarantine snack? Chips and salsa. Do you prefer working out at home or at the gym? At home. Um, cooking at home or ordering out? Why not both? Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? Telekinesis. I like that. Uh, what are you most grateful for in your life? My life, just all of it. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the rest or for the last 60 years of your life, what would you choose? The mind, because I'll just think of some way to look pretty still. Yay, that, you're on my team, you're on my team. I'm Thank team you. mind, I got two today. <laughs> We're I'm always like party. happy before you even finish the sentence. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I, was, oh I had to God. think about it a little. I don't know. I know, right? It's, uh, but I actually do like, nobody's ever said that. Have hmm. the mind so then you can figure out a way to retain the body. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I understand that it's going to. That... See, this is how we're thinking. Team mind. We're going to make it happen. We're going to get the best of both worlds. I might be hovering a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, listen, Sheik is all about philosophy. Sheik is highly intelligent. Listen, TK, are you and I that smart <laughs> to figure out a way to still look cute? Let's think about this. So come back to the body side. <laughs> um, uh, thank you. Hey, come on. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> um, let's hit the star of the week. Let's do that. Women's wrestling star of the week. <laughs> Today's star of the week is still life with apricots and pears, or it might be apricots because I've never said that word out loud. The first openly non-binary pro wrestling champion debuted in 2018 and went on to win Shikara's 2019 Young Lions Cup tournament. Since then, they've wrestled at Atomic Championship Wrestling, Beyond Wrestling, Hood Slam, Outlaw Wrestling, and more. In fact, they recently wrestled Dark Sheik at GCW Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Be sure to follow them at apricots pears or apricots pears and tell them women's wrestling talk sent you want to learn more about a star of the indie wrestling scene shoot us your suggestions for future stars of the week Ooh, that was really well done thank you my mom i like my mom has an english accent so i am constantly questioning how i pronounce things <laughs> I'm like, i've i've seen her have the conversation with the ring announcer and she says that whichever one you say i'm going to argue with you perfect <laughs> <laughs> love it Spoiler, whoops, maybe I should have kept that. That wasn't my secret to give, whoops. No, no, I love it. <laughs> now that fits perfectly in with the mm. with the canon. <laughs> Every time I read their name, I read it at Apricot Spears. I don't know Me what to too, do And I'm like, it. oh, is this a Britney Spears joke? And then my brain caught up like later and I was like, no, it's the multiple of the fruit. <laughs> They're lovely and she's incredibly talented. And she's like, one of my favorite people. and And they're so good. So, yeah, you, know, you two together were so good. So. That was like lucky on my part, but I'm happy it turned out that way. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, can you uh, thank you so much for coming on the show? We really appreciate it. And for folks who are not following you, even though they should, where can they find you on social? I'm at Dark Chic FTF 
on Twitter, Instagram, um, Twitch. I'm on Twitch. Um, I'm at the liquor store on 24th and San Pablo a lot. If you want to come find me there. Um, <laughs> that's That'd be it. And look up at Hood Slam. Everything at Hood Slam. What's your favorite drink of choice? I got to be honest. Since I started taking my medicine for being a gorgeous uh, woman on the outside and mentally, I don't drink as much as I used to. But I really like a uh, hot toddy. Like when I'm feeling sick or cold. Matt, if you don't know, is take a cup. It's really easy. Take a cup, line the bottom with honey, and then put in like hot water and whiskey and lemon. Hmm. And this is great if you have the flu. I always I just out drink my illness. I feel great. You can't hang. That's right. It takes just, care of everything. It does. Like you take it the night before, sleep for 14 hours, you're set. With some yeah. cold medicine, you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've never knew what was in it. So thank, I appreciate that now. Yeah. I've heard Super about it. Super simple to make. Yeah, yeah. You think I'd Google it by now, but I have it, but I appreciate, I, I like, sounds good. Thank you. Um, so Sarah, the rebel, where can everybody find you? You can find me everywhere at Sarah, the rebel. Sarah's an H is God in the Bible intended. And you should check out my Patreon. And cat mom number two, where can everybody find you? Emily May. You can find me on all social media platforms at Emily May Heller. And thank you guys so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Shout out again to Natalie for being our very first uh, subscriber on on Anchor. We really appreciate it. You are starting the trend. So we appreciate that. If you want to also be part of the uh, Women's Wrestling Talk family, you can go to Anchor. You can hit donations. It's less than a cup of coffee a day. I mean, if you still go out, I don't know what's happening if you go out or not. But you can hit that donate button. We really, really appreciate it. It provides a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes that you do not see. Um, But other than that, don't forget uh, to follow us on all social media platforms. WW Talk on IG, WW Talk Pod on Twitter. And don't forget to like us and subscribe, all that good stuff on um, YouTube, all that good stuff. Dark Sheik, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. It was educational. And I love when I learn new things because then I can dispense it to all the other folks. And I really, really appreciate that. And for you, just like, just. The, the whole, we have to talk about the whole church thing. I just want to put that into the universe. So let's cut that up, Sarah. But other than that, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you.